Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome back to My Millennial Investor. Today we have a great story that it came across my desk last week. It's an article from Seeking Alpha. And inside Seeking Alpha, there are many contributors with many ideas, and some are good and some are not so good. And I guess the point I'm trying to make is don't just go copying anything willy-nilly. I don't, do you guys say willy-nilly? I don't say it often. I'm not sure why I said it now. Let's keep going. Anyway, this story inspired me. And since it's at the end of the year and Christmas time makes me feel nostalgic and overly philanthropic, I figured I'd go over this story. And hopefully we can be inspired by one woman's success and her forward-thinking goals and her attempt to try to donate billions of dollars. Yeah, that's right, with a B. Billions of dollars, while at the same time setting up her family for future wealth and success. She plans to do this with a lump sum she gained from the sale of some property and the help of a wise yet unique investing perspective. Are you ready for this? I hope so. You're listening to My Millennial Investor the show where I search the financial world for the most up-to-date investment ideas, market trends, and income streams so you don't have to. I'm your host, Nick Bradley. Let's get into it. So the title of this article that was emailed to me by a friend was How I Built a $20 Million Dividend Portfolio with Seven Amazing Blue Chip Stocks. And yeah, it's clickbaity, like in a good way though, like because I clicked on it. And inside the article, you learn more about stock investing and you also get a great story to boot. So the story is about Amina, who's a woman whose dividend portfolio now matches her philanthropic dreams. And Amina is a woman who inspired me in reading this story because she is she's a great story. She's an immigrant, uh, and people who have grabbed themselves, quote-unquote, by the bootstraps and have made it happen. And we need more people like her in the world because humanity will hopefully show our true colors and that we can take care of each other and that we can be a more loving society while at the same time investing and planning for our future, if that makes sense. So Amina is 47. She was born in rural Kenya, and she grew up in a world where life for women was simple and hard, and often fate was not in her own hands. She was widowed at 23 with two young daughters after her husband was killed in a motorcycle accident, and she decided that this was a sign from God that she must seek out a new life in America. She spent time dreaming of a better life for herself and her two young daughters, and she knew there was no greater land of opportunity for a hardworking woman willing to grind it out. So she arrives in New York, and her daughters shared an apartment with her cousin, and seven people shared two bedrooms and a single bathroom for many years. She and her daughters were not thrilled to have this uh, chance, but they took it on as an opportunity and made the most of it. Amina ventured into real estate, starting modestly, her ventures echoing the communal spirit of the Nairobi neighborhood she grew up in. And she started renovating old buildings and transferring them into new welcoming homes that you know, had some warmth and some flair. Like she put her own pizzazz on things. And over time, her real estate portfolio grew, and eventually she had a few dozen buildings. She's a baller. A few months ago, Amina's business 
a symbol of cross-cultural unity and perseverance and success, sold for $20 million after taxes. So she has this lump sum of $20 million. But her story doesn't end because Amina now wants to become an effective philanthropist. Driven by her desire to give back, she wants to fund educational programs in Kenya, nurturing the dreams of young girls just like her. So in the U.S., she has supported community initiatives, and she's been kind of building this bridging gap between her culture in, like, ex-Kenyan culture in New York, and then bridging the gap back to the motherland back home in Africa. So she is inspired by this fund called Give Directly, which started in Kenya, actually, and she's trying to replicate that kind of giving in her own life and live out this successful real estate business and see what she can do with her now newfound fortunes. So what Amina needs and how AI dividend stocks can help her get there. That's the setup for Amina. She has a very interesting situation because unlike many other people, uh, she's relatively young but wants to continue building and like pivoting her career into a philanthropist. She's 47 again, and she has $20 million. She's passionate about AI, having spent the last year reading and discussing and looking at blue chip stocks, and she's kind of become engrossed in this technology. She knows that many stocks in the AI space are overvalued and that there's a high risk of recession next year, yada, yada, yada. So she's a little nervous about, about buying right now. So she came to uh, the Seeking Alpha in, investing guru, if you will, to say, I've got one specific goal. I want to help support my family and give lots of money away. So she wants to build this foundation to make her dreams come true and to help save the world. Amina plans to start a foundation that will be able to invest and compound 98% tax-free. Sounds like a great goal. She plans to pay herself a $200,000 salary to support her family which would be 1% of assets, and donate 5% annual requirement to her favorite charities. What's unique about her plans, and thus her portfolio construction, is that she doesn't want to ever sell any shares. She wants to fund everything through dividends? Nope. She wants to reinvest all the dividends. So how can she donate a million dollars annually to charity and live off $200,000 a year? Well, she plans to borrow against the value of the foundation's portfolio to fund and effectively giving herself a salary and have a safe amount of leverage to go forth. So here's her inspiring and audacious plan to change the world with AI dividends. Right now, we're at year one. She's 47 years old. She'll have a million-dollar annual donation. She'll have a loan against the portfolio of $1.2 million because of her salary. There'll be growth of the portfolio, so the portfolio value will end the year with $22 million. Even though she's taken out money, she'll have gained money in. In 10 years, her annual donation will go up to $2.9 million. She'll still take out her salary. And then the portfolio value will be $65 million. In 20 years from now, she'll be able to be, give away $9.5 million per year. Her portfolio value will have hopefully grown to $214 million. In 30 years, Amina will be 77 years old. She'll be giving away at this point $31 million a year, and the portfolio will be $703 million. In 40 years from now, she'll be 87 years old. She'll be giving away $102 million a year, and hopefully her portfolio will have rolled over to $2.3 billion. 
Amina plans on continuing to give, even at the age of 97 years old. That will be 50 years from now. The annual donations from the portfolio will be $335 million given away. The portfolio will have grown to $7.5 million. She doesn't plan on quitting. She's like, Charlie Munger, take 99 ain't no big deal. Because guess what? Her mother has lived to 107 years old. So when Amina is 107, that'll be 60 years from now, she'll have given away $1.1 billion that year alone. The portfolio will hopefully be at $24.7 billion. If the legacy of the philanthropy continues on, 10 years from then, she'll be given away, or at least the organization that she started will be given away $3.6 billion a year. 10 years later from that, the 127th year of her life, hopefully if she makes it that long, oof, that's an ask, or at least the 80th year of the portfolio's construction, they plan on giving away almost $12 billion that year, with the portfolio having grown to $265 billion. This is Amina's plan, and it's assuming a 15% annual returns, a 2.4% long-term inflation, which is the bond market's 30-year forecast, and paying herself again the 1% salary. Keep in mind, these are all adjusted for inflation, so they're in today's dollars. So if Amina can achieve these audacious goals of 15% long-term returns, then by the age that her mother died at 107, she'll be donating again like $4 billion to charity. Anna will have accumulatively donated $10 billion. Listen, there's a lot going on here. I don't know the thought of people living to 120, but hey, medicine's getting better. Stuff's getting better. Things are happening. Amina is inspired by David Sinclair, who's an anti-aging expert at Harvard, and he thinks with an optimal diet and exercise and uh, money that humans can live well past 120. So if she makes it, she'll have donated $17 billion per year. Cumulatively, her organization will have donated $150 billion per year. In context, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, which is a great organization who gives away a lot of money, think what you will about Bill Gates, uh, the foundation has donated $71.4 billion since its inception, which is the largest inflation-adjusted fund in the world. If Amina makes it to 130 she'll have donated almost twice that amount, enough money to save the lives of 43 million children, enough to lift 375 million people out of poverty, she could have offset 119 billion tons of carbon. She is an inspiration, as you can see. Someone who wants to become uh, possibly the greatest charitable person of all time. And she's looking at saving lives and changing the world. And it, it just seems to make sense that she, you know this guy in Seeking Alpha would help try to figure out how can she do it. So of course she's got to live long enough or at least set up the charity to continue going on. And maybe the harder part, she has to earn 15% annual returns for decades, which isn't exactly an easy task. So after a quick break, we're going to dig into the investing side of this equation, and we're going to see hypothetically if this very audacious plan can live out in real life, and if we can learn anything in the process. We'll be right back. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. 
Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, welcome back. So, how can you invest to get anything close to 15% long-term returns? You've heard many times on this podcast that we've talked about Index investing in the S&P 500 has an average return of 10% per year when averaged out at least over 10 years. Well, she's looking for 15%. So she is looking with the help of an AI dividend portfolio, what the author of the Seeking Alpha article calls Zeus. Zeus stands for Zen Extraordinary Ultra Swan, which is sleep well at night. I know, it's a dorky name. I didn't name it. This guy did. Anyway, Zeus. It's based on Nick Magini's research at the uh, Ritholtz Wealth Management Firm. Nick is the chief data scientist for Ritholtz, and he found that historically a blend of 67% stocks and 33% hedging assets are the long-term recession-optimized portfolio that you want. So if you want the highest growth as well as a recession-proof portfolio, Nick the chief data analyst at Ritholtz Wealth Management Group recommends a 60% blend of stocks and 33% hedging assets. Well, what's a hedging asset? Good question. We'll get into that in a minute. He thinks that good returns and minimum downside, that's the hedging part, is the most important thing for extreme bear markets. The Zeus portfolio that they're building for Amina is 33% ETFs, 33% hedges, and 33% individual blue chip stocks. So how can Amina design a long-term portfolio that's going to get 15% returns that should be quote-unquote safe and prudent and built to survive any type of economy? Well, here it is. She'll be engaging in these seven assets. The Schwab U.S. Large Cap Growth ETF, KFA Mount Lucas Strategy ETF, that's a hedging portfolio, Alphabet Inc., also known as Google, ASML Holdings, Brookfield Asset Management, NVIDIA Corp., and Amazon.com. So those are her seven holdings. Now let's look at what that looks like. So what they did to build this Zeus portfolio is they took those seven holdings, they looked at the yield, they looked at potential growth, they looked at total return, they gave it a different weight, and then that gives you an overall weighted return. So, for instance, the two largest holdings in this fund are the SCHG, which is the Schwab U.S. Large Growth ETF, has a dividend yield of 0.4%, a historical growth of 13.8, giving it a total return of 14.2. And of this overall portfolio, it's going to give a return of 4.7%. KMLM, which is the hedging Mount Lucas strategy, will be the other 33% of this portfolio. It has an average 8.5% yield, and no growth, which means it's a total return of 8.5%, giving this portfolio a 2.8% return. 
the next holdings are broken down by 6.67% each. So you've got Amazon with no yield, but a historical growth of 34.6%. You have SML at 1% yield with a total return of 20.8%. BAM, a 3.8% yield with a 16.5% total return. NVIDIA and Google. I'm going to skip the last numbers. But when you add all those weighted returns for those seven asset classes, historical numbers, that gives you an average of 15% per year. So looking at the portfolio in terms of an asset allocation, you have a lot of like cash or cash equivalents because of that hedging portfolio. They're actually purchasing futures contracts, and they're trying to hedge what they are looking into the future trying to decide if the market's more likely to go up or down, and using futures to help hedge the growth of the portfolio. In the meantime, they're not looking for growth per se because with futures, they can be short-term. They can be like a couple seconds held, uh, like in terms of day trading, or they can be longer plays on the market. I just had a friend that purchased gold futures a few weeks ago. He took a $2,000 risk with his stop-loss and over the term of 13 days, that futures contract grew $11,000 per contract. So in 13 days, he made $11,000 risking $2,000. He sold his position, and now it's just back in cash. So that's why this portfolio looks like it's a long, huge chunk in cash, because 33% of the overall portfolio is being managed by that futures contract. And then you've got uh, U.S. stocks being the second largest holding, foreign stocks being the third, bonds rounding out the fourth holding. This gives you their overall stock diversification style when you look at the Morningstar. It is in the top right quadrant of the square. If you've ever looked at Morningstar, you know they've got their little square, which gives it a large growth overall portfolio. If you're looking at the holdings details in terms of like what types of stock sectors are being held, Cyclical is 30% of the portfolio that's made up of stocks that include basic materials, consumer cyclical, and financial services with very little real estate exposure. When you look at uh, sensitive sectors, that's communications and energy and industrials and technology, obviously that's the biggest chunk of this portfolio because you get 43% of this whole portfolio in technology and then another 16% in communication services. And then finally, this portfolio has around 8% of defensive sectors, which would be consumer defense, healthcare, and utilities. And in the Zeus portfolio, it's mainly the healthcare because you're getting a lot of healthcare exposure through the Schwab ETF. A great thing about this portfolio, besides possibly some very large market-beating 15% returns, is the expense ratio. It's only 0.47%. And since this is kind of like a hedge fund, it's using some managed futures products with the KMLM fund, you can kind of compare it to a hedge fund. And the average hedge fund charges 5% in annual fees plus a 20% take on profits. In the Zeus AI portfolio, which is a yielding 3.3% dividend fund, is 10 times cheaper than the hedge fund. So what they're trying to do here is build a little mini hedge fund inside this wonderful charitable story. But all of this hopefully depends on AI really changing the future. So what are the pundits saying about that being a real possibility? Is AI a blip on the radar, as we've talked about before? Or is this a long-term game changer? And when you're talking about stock growth, you're really looking at productivity and GDP growth. 
So AI is all about productivity, which is the key to the stronger economic and corporate profit world. Corporate profits are one of the major driving forces behind stock appreciation. If you want your stock to go up, you need corporate profits to go up. So if AI can work with labor force growth and productivity growth, that equals GDP growth. Bank of America estimates that for every 1% GDP growth, corporate America sees a 4% per year earnings growth, thus driving a 4% stock returns. The Fed and the Congressional Budget Office, known as the CBO here in the States, has a long-term baseline productivity growth estimate of 1.5%. So every 0.25% either faster productivity growth by AI, that could boost returns to stocks by 1% annually. Goldman Sachs, who is one of the major kind of big think tanks for investing, they have a base case that AI will double productivity growth to 3% leading to a 3.2% GDP growth over the next decade. That would equate to a 6% earnings growth for stocks. So the optimistic scenario is for nearly a 3% boost to productivity, which would mean a 4% productivity boost and around 4.6% GDP growth. To put all those numbers in perspective, you're looking at a 1990s level, like internet changing kind of scenario here, where real wage growth of 3% or around 4% would be a huge boom to the Main Street economy as well. And Wall Street would be looking at more like a 20% earnings per share growth. And this is looking at growth. This isn't talking about raising price to earnings ratio or low interest rate, which is a problem and has been difficult recently. You know, that's one of the, really one of the main drivers that I got into some bonds lately because I was looking at the price to earnings, like where with low interest rates kind of floundering, like where else are you going to look for money? Well, I guess you can look for the AI according to the Zeus Max portfolio. All right, quickly, let's dig into historical returns. So since 2007, you can go back and you can build this portfolio and you can look at what would have happened from 2007 to the end of 2023. So the Zeus portfolio, if you start with the $1,000 initial balance in the Zeus portfolio, the standard 60-40 stocks-to-bond portfolio, and then compare that to the S&P 500. The Zeus $1,000 balance started in 2007, not adding any money since then, would have a final balance of $11,539, giving you a 15.72% return annually. The 60-40 portfolio Initially invested $1,000 in 2007, you would have $2,567 with an average yearly return of 5.79. Finally, the S&P 500. If you had a $1,000 initial balance in 2007, the final balance would have grown to $4,427 or an average of 9.29%. So, at least historically since 2007, the Zeus AI Max return looks pretty good. But what do you guys think? Amina is a very inspiring woman, and I wish her luck. Personally, I'm interested enough in this Zeus portfolio. I think I'm going to create a watch list and see how it plays out. I already have like a lot of exposure. Maybe not a lot. Eh, yeah, I guess so. I do have a lot of exposure to many of the stocks that are mentioned in this portfolio because of various ETFs I own. And I do have some single stock exposure in Google and Amazon. So I don't think I'm going to like rush out and replicate this portfolio. But I do think I'm going to dig into the KLMN fund, and maybe I'll do an episode in the future on how they're using futures to try to mitigate risk for their clients, because I think that's a little interesting. 
Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Merry Christmas and have a happy new year. You've been listening to My Millennial Investor, the show where I search the financial world for the most up-to-date investment ideas, market trends, income streams, and now possibly charity, so you don't have to. I'm your host, Nick Bradley. We'll see you next year. This podcast is produced and published by Oregon Trail Investor in the USA. All information is for entertainment purposes only. The brand My Millennial Investor is used under license. 